Hello, welcome to More Than Just a Vet, a podcast where we explore the lives of veterinary professionals when they're not at work. I want to know what's behind the surgical mask of the people who try to help our animals. What are their struggles? What are their passions? Why did they choose the veterinary profession path? Is it as glamorous and fantastic as we see in some TV programs? Or is there more to it? My name is Francisco Gomez. Welcome to my show. Hello, this is Carla. Carla is a vet nurse. Uh, she qualified uh, in Spain uh, and then she moved to the UK. Uh, she, um, she developed the idea of the district nurse as well. Uh, but before we go in uh, with that, first, Carla, please introduce yourself. Tell me, what, what do you do? Uh, why did you come from Spain? Uh, how long have you been working in the UK? Um, go ahead. Okay, so uh, my name is Carla and I'm a qualified veterinary nurse. Um, I actually was in the UK, but I couldn't afford um, to actually not earn any money for a whole year whilst the first, that first year of placement you have to take to uh-huh. be a veterinary nurse. Yeah, in the so, UK? Yeah, in the UK, you know, you I have see. to first to apply for placement at a vet at a vet practice, and then they take you on, and you don't earn any money for the first year. Oh, and you I go see. to college one day a, a, a week uh-huh. uh, before you can actually earn any money um, yes. as a student veterinary nurse, and then. Yes. You know how many years that takes so therefore um with with no family in the uk i couldn't actually afford to be a student and keep a roof above my head um as you can imagine and and that was about 23 years ago so it's a long time you know like student loans for veterinary nurses and grants is not really quite the same yeah. Human human nurses students can get grants and yeah. loans and things like that, but yeah, you couldn't do that at the time. Yeah, so I have to I had to go to Spain um, and 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 be given a, a refuge with my family in Spain. I see. Whilst I study, um, you know, and trying to be a vet nurse, and then I came back here again. And uh, you've been always living in the same area, or mm, yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is that uh, my my boyfriend and I met before I started my vet nurse training, and uh, you know, so I, I I had a very good job in Spain once I qualified, and I actually said no, sorry, I'm going back to England to my boyfriend. <laughs> oh, I see. So there, there is a romantic story behind all this. Yes, as well. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, um, you know, there you go. <laughs> the things you do for love. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, why do you want to be a nurse? Do you always wanted to be a nurse? Um, uh, well, I grew up surrounded by human nurses and um, from the family and the yes. friends, you know. Yes. So um, it was very much a health and community support orientated um playground and oh, and and, and uh, a bringing that i had if you know what i mean so um yes. i adored animals all my life and yes. so does my family 
um, in in Spain, and uh, you know, it just kind of I always felt well, animals need the same help. Yes. Animals yes, get yes. poorly, they get injuries, they they yeah. break things, they get wounds and things like that, and yeah. uh, you know, and I used to. Uh, you know, accompany um, my my the women in my family that were nurses working in the community. I see. And uh, and uh, and 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 they they many times when they came across the animals of the people, they were you know um, um, tending to the wounds and nursing care, and they weren't well. Oh, I, I always so. used to go and talk to the animals and tell them you know he's vomiting or he's limping or whatever and the, they would actually find the vet yes. and tell them yes. so, oh. so it, it sounds to me like it, it flow from your childhood into your adulthood uh, being being a nurse right uh, yes so you all wanted to, to be to be this yes um, Yes. A, a, a question I ask a, a lot of uh, the interviewees, if you have listened to uh, any of the others, uh, is that what would you have been if you weren't a vet nurse? Was it something else in your mind that you would have gone for? or? I think I would have been a barrister. <laughs> a barrister, okay. <laughs> yes. And, and it, I probably will say to... Um, to, to my son to, to become a barrister rather than a vet. I don't know if the stress levels are the same or not. Uh, definitely, become a barrister. Yes, they earn a lot more. And and uh, they, they, yes, a lot more money. And, yeah. and, um, and people need a lot of help for human rights. Yeah. Yeah. To, um, to look for defending their the rights. Yes, I, 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 I see that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I um, I don't know. I'm an EU citizen now. I'm British citizen as well. I'm guessing this is something that's affected you as well. Well, I... interestingly, my biological father is English. Oh, I see. He's from England, and yes. uh, I automatically um, got. Yes, got I, um, the, the the nationality. Yeah. So yeah. it's something that even affect you directly, like it affects some of the others. It I me. know, I know, and it's dreadful all this uh, yeah. uh, business that you know. If you think about seventy percent, fifty to seventy percent of the veterinary workforce is actually non-British. Yes. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yes, uh, uh, we need to train more people. <laughs> yes, but. You know, how does that help? <laughs> we can have as many vets yes. coming in, but we need to have placement, work placements for yes, them. Of course. And, 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 and obviously find a way, you know, that they're happy being vets for life. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That, that's important. Once you are, you are, you are in your degree and, and you are working, um, one of the problems the profession may have is retention. So people don't leave it afterwards. Yeah, yes. I, I want to ask you something that I don't know you're expecting, but it is to do with pets. Do you have animals? Um, you know, uh, I, I just lost my last baby. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. Um, all the animals that I've, uh, I've shared my life with, they've all been hand-downs, uh, yes. rescue from, yes. uh, you know, maybe 
uh, members of the public that were not in a situation where they could uh, uh, carry on um, yes. having these these animals uh, because they they are uh, they didn't have the, the ability uh, yes. physically cognitive financially to 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 carry on having them um, yes. Yeah, which, uh, yes, that's another story that led me down to another avenue as well. But uh, yes, yeah. Okay, well, that leads me about, you know, talking about um, pet animals when they passed away or when we have to euthanize them. It, it leads me to, to your um, campaign for the district nurse. You've been campaigning for this for, for lots of years, right? Mm, yeah, um, that's right, yeah. And yeah. I, I, it's something I didn't know it existed until... Um, until I read your email and I listened to a podcast with Rachel Spencer. Mm. And then in there you, you, um, you explain about the needs of the many pets when, when their owners can look after them. And, and I thought that was important. It's something never never occurred to me. Uh, even in my, in my last recording, we talk about sometimes having to euthanize animals. And we agree because it's the only way for them to carry on simply because uh, the owners can... Not that they can't afford it, but they can give them what these animals need. Um, and I do a bit of ophthalmology, and something that I find often is animals uh, that they can't have eye drops because the owners, uh, they can't give them simply because they have osteoarthritis on their homes, or simply just, just they don't have that way with their animals. Um, and, and there are a lot of things that the nurses could do at their owners pet owners home without having to take them to the practice because when we prescribe eye drops for example sometimes we have to do it like four or five times a day um, which is not ideal to bring a pet four or five times a day to the practice several days so if someone like you went there then solves that problem in a way doesn't it yes yes absolutely i mean how many times um, you know, uh, at veterinary practices as well, you see vets and nurses rush off their feet and, uh, you know, um, maybe one of the patients that they have in the kennels are, are, are hospitalized for a week, two weeks, just so yes. they can have the, uh, the, the eye drops. And yes. then they stop eating because they're so um, unhappy being away from their humans, from their owners. And, and you know, and, and the vets and the nurses, they feel so sad that these animals yes. are just sitting there in the kennel. Sometimes they stop eating and they have to have, a, a, you know, an esophageal tube put in. Yes, so we have to force them to, to eat so that the, the dream can carry on, yes. That's it. So they come in for one thing and, and then that develops onto something completely different that requires an anaesthetic to put an, yes. a, a tube feet in. And the other day, these animals need to be looked after, um, whether it's at home or, or at the practice or at the hospital. But when they are at the practice of the hospital, I'm guessing that um, impacts in their quality of life. It does actually, and and it makes vets and nurses very very sad as well, you know, because yes. uh, you know uh, the alternative for the times, like you quite rightly say, the eye 
get so bad after back and forth three weeks or something like that the ulcer now is so big and so huge and it's infected and everything that it has to be yeah. removed the eye is yeah. nucleated and for members yes. of the public listening to this is when the eye is removed yes I'm, I'm guessing there are other things i mean we are learning during the pandemic about all these um post-operation checks sometimes people do and uh, on the phone or with pictures but it's never as good as when you can actually see uh, the patient with your own eyes and and then again it's another thing that the district nurse could do i'm i'm, I'm guessing that's yeah absolutely what the job i mean would be. yeah all, all the years i've been doing it um you know i i, I arrive at the, at the home of yes of the patient um, and I contact the vet who yes. sent me there from uh-huh. various veterinary practices in my area. Yeah, and because that is what you call to be the district nurse, right? Because yeah, absolutely. I mean, the one. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball to know where these patients are and, and, and yeah. who needs me is when the yeah. vets uh, contact me and they say, yes. right, we have a case for you, Carla, that um, we are struggling with um, and, 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 and the patient is, is so lovely and the owners are so lovely and well-meaning, but they can manage it, you know, so yeah. can you help us? So I go to the house and I do, um, you know, even they have tried to do video calls. They have tried to do all these things with the pet owners and the, you know, the pet owner keeps saying, can someone come and help me? You know, Um, so I do a video call. I actually examine the animal. I answer the the vet, the questions, you know, Mm -hmm. and then we decide you know, well, the pet owner and the vet decide, yes, Carla, bring him in. Yes, he's got fever. Is this, is that? Yes, you say that, you know, the breathing sounds are just not right. Um, yes. and, and it is our job to actually yes. measure as the vets what those breathing sounds are like. Yes. You know? So I, I, you know, and then I'll go and bring the patient to the vet. Um, other times it doesn't need to, it's just triage. And, you know, one vet said it very well, um, you know, on a testimonial, he said, Carla is the eyes and the ears of my vets in the community, you know, and, and, and the voice of the pet owners that they don't have the, the jargon, the technical, uh, yeah. you know, the technical skills and, and, and knowledge that we have yes so. yes I, i'm guessing it gets a, a lot in elderly owners as well absolutely who, yeah. um elderly registered disabled um people that are themselves key workers and they work shifts so they can't be there at the times that maybe the the, the patient needs the, their beloved animal companion yes needs the treatment so they're actually qualified human health professionals they could be doing this and sometimes bless them they are the ones that actually find it the hardest because it's their baby you know like us vets and nurses when it's our 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 own animal we fall to pieces you know it's actually our colleagues or or vet nurse friends and and vets that come to the rescue to us yeah yeah i i i I, I see i see i understand now uh, this idea that you came with, um, which is not new, but it was new for 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 vetting for for vets. Um, 
you have to campaign for it. Tell me a, a, a little bit about this. When do you start campaigning? What, why there is a need for a campaign? Um, well, um, when I actually, 10 years ago, uh -huh. um, so it was 2010, 2011, I actually spoke to, to vets, um, you know, that, my God, wouldn't it be great if there was like a pool of qualified veterinary nurses out there that we could reach to help us in the community? And we yes. all looked and we researched, we looked online, we, uh, you know, we, we just did a big search and there were no district veterinary nurses. You know, yeah, they didn't um, exist. yeah, yeah. And I also asked, um, you know, the British Veterinary Nursing Association and the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons and all that. And they said no, that they didn't have district veterinary nurses. Um, so anyway, that kind of stayed with us, you know. Uh -huh. And then, um, um, later on, you know, just had to kind of find a way. That, that there was awareness that it was needed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is there any way people can help you to raise the awareness? Uh, well, yes. I mean, I've been confronted for this August will be four years. So it's a long uh -huh. time. Very kindly, people have contributed to it. But of course, you can imagine, you can't just sit and wait forever. You need to kind of find and the funds yourself so yes. you keep saving and saving and saving and on a veterinary nurse's wages you can imagine that's very very difficult uh, so it's taking a long time um and you hope sometimes that um organizations would help you uh yes. you know <laughs> but because it's gonna be such a good course you need to get cracking with it so, yes. I mean, if anybody, you know, just wishes to get in touch and think they can't somehow sponsor, contribute, collaborate, they can always, you know, just yes. get in touch with me personally and I can't, I can't, uh, uh, you know, show them a little bit how the project is going. You can have um, an email address. I can give you an email address that you can put yes. as well. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And what is the aim? The aim is to link any pet owner and any vet and any human healthcare worker that is looking after a person that is struggling with the nursing care of their beloved animal companion to link them together. So, you know, if a vet um, knows that a pet owner is not going to manage to nurse their animal as they are asking them to do so you know because quite rightly a human doctor or a human consultant will be actually putting in place the help of a suitably qualified professional in the home you yes. know um when you know if your child or your elderly mother or you've had a, a severe accident yourself and you can't um, you know, give the the treatment plan to your animal. Um, you, you you can get in touch with us, and we will put that resource in place. I see. So 
your crowdfunding page is to help those people? Is that what the money goes to? Yeah, so the money is going to put together the platform where all these people can help each other. They can come oh, together see. and help each other. So it's really good. Yeah. So if um, someone has an accident and they can, for instance, um, give tablets to their cats and need some antibiotics for an infection, then um, they can access that resource, hopefully, uh, and use the money to pay for the yeah. treatment so they can get someone like a district nurse to, to come to the home and give the tablets. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and vets can access this resource as well. So when they're really worried that, for instance, that dog is not going to get the eye drops five times a day, yes. you know, and, and the owner um, is struggling, the vets can so, say, we can get the help for you in the community. Yes. So so the, the vet can actually direct the owner to, to that particular resource yeah. or website yeah. or whatever yeah. it is made. Oh, yeah, I see. I see. that's it, that's it. And, and and the vet can contact us directly as well and let yes. us know what they need for their patient yes. and we can try yes. and, and, and help as well, everybody. So, yeah, it should be good. Fantastic. Will you have a website or do you have already a website or is that something that you're thinking about making? We are building it. We are building ah. it, which is which is good yeah oh, yeah it takes a lot of time effort uh, yes. as you can imagine when you work full-time yourself as well and yes. when you only have you know the wages of a veterinary nurse you know these things cost a lot yes. of money and yes. uh, you know check that is watertight that is secure as well yes. you know all, all, all of that um, yes I feel like you know I, I don't this for 14 15 years and I didn't know about it. I heard there was a public consultation not long ago from the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons, people who regulate vets, um, asking about that, about the district veterinary nurse. And when when the question was phrased at the beginning, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't understand that. When I asked uh, a nurse um, and said, well, it exists in the human profession. You know, the district nurse goes to people's home to look at stomas or uh, look at wounds, uh, look at complications and things like that, so they can relate to, the, to their doctors or to the hospital. And I just didn't know it existed. And I, I think I agree, it's a, it's a good idea. Thank you. That coming from a vet is, is, is lovely. It's lovely oh, because perfect. you must be faced with lots of challenges in your consulting room yes, um, where... You know, you feel you're. If you could go out there and and do these things and help them, <laughs> yes, that and that is a problem. Sometimes is you can really um, lose a member of staff to go to someone's house, and um, and not even that. If you do it for one person, then yeah. you are in a way failing the others. Yeah, so you have to make a strict rule of not doing it for that reason. Is there is a third party helping that always, always um, important is always because usually what we do is asking for family members or uh, for friends, uh, which during the pandemic has been a big struggle because we weren't supposed to go to each other's houses, which yeah. was even worse. However, um, it was allowed if you were um, 
if you were a worker, right? You could actually provide a service that was a bit different. Um, have you got a um, any um, specific um, anecdote about your work as a district nurse that comes to your mind that you want to explain, that you want to share? There have been a few, uh, obviously, yes. you know, some uh, are funny, but they're sensitive in their content. A person has had kind of arthritic hands and they couldn't inject their, um, their cat properly with, with the insulin injections and maybe I like see. kind of the, the insulin just goes and wets the yeah, fur the, the rather fur, yeah. than to uh you know rather than to go into the the animal and and you kind of giggle and you show them again and you do it really carefully you know what i mean yes. and, and you know and this was a cat yeah this was a cat i've seen it on a dog as well you know when yes. uh, bless them the owners found it so difficult to inject they have been shown a few times by the vet but they were at home like kind of uh, struggling with it and you know and, and and the pet owners were so lovely they just laughed they just said we're just so useless and I said no you're not useless it just takes <laughs> and they said Carla you do it so quickly and so well the dog doesn't even notice and with us we're chasing the dog around the kitchen <laughs> and I said well oh. you know it's just years and it takes certain dexterity with yes. the hands with, with one hand you're kind of like you know doing all the movement with the syringe yes blah blah you know sort of thing so it's, it's, it's difficult because mm. when when i when i try to um to teach a, a, a client to do uh, or, or the nurses to we spend an hour doing it but we spend that hour usually that's it because yeah. it's difficult to spend an hour every time so then again doing it at home probably more comfortable and less um because people say that when they come to a consultation room they don't take everything in. It's too much going on. No. So when they do it at their home, probably yeah. it's easier for them to assimilate what you're teaching them. Yeah, so, uh, so absolutely. Like and that's true for us as well, isn't it? We are not feeling well. Um, yes. If we say we go to the doctor and then the doctor sends us to a consultant to have certain tests, scans and things yes. like that, sometimes we actually and uh, take... a a member of a family or a close friend to come to get the results with us. Yes. Because they're sitting there, they're not directly affected, maybe. Or, yes. And, and, and sometimes as well, isn't it? Like Macmillan nurses, they do encourage um, members of a family or friends to be with their patients. So, they can also listen to the instructions and 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 to the treatment plan. Uh, so the more people are together talking about it and practicing it, the, the better. Know, yes, it's, the better it's not it just is. A, mm. Yeah, mm. it's not just emotional support. It's also having someone that can be a little bit more independent listening, so they're not affected directly by it. Absolutely, yes. because when we feel emotions. And the stress, we don't hear, we don't listen, we need things. How many times, you know, you see the pet owners come out of the consultant room and ask the receptionist, sorry, what did the vet say I have to do? Bless them and you can't, you can't blame them. You can't blame them. Sometimes 
I have to ask my vets again, sorry, when I get the referrals, do you mean this? Sorry, it wasn't quite clear. I just want to be sure. And that's me, you know, 23 years later and qualified, you know. So imagine when this is all gobbledygook to you. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, when you don't know about medicine and, mm. and, and you're trying to even decipher which sort of... Uh, technical words we're using and no, no matter how how hard you try you're always going to use words that some people won't completely understand yeah i i i get, I get that i get that i'm guessing with cat um it could be quite a bit satisfaction uh, with insulin because some of them will get um cured from from diabetes um, yeah they go in remission the question yes. is amazing. You know, an animal is not well, a cat is not well, goes to the practice, the vets do the test, is diabetic. Imagine if straight away after, you know, like after that initial, yeah. like kind of, maybe yeah. sometimes they have to be in hospital one or two days because they were like, kind of they were hypo or something, you know, or and, 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 and they just too sick and anyway but then imagine if readily whilst the animal is hospitalized while the cat is hospitalized they could access a district veterinary nurse and and actually start the treatment planned um and and um uh, uh, already with a district nurse so from the moment of discharge that district nurse you know will do for the vet what the vet is asked the pet owner to do and they can. And straight away they get, I mean, I've had them stabilized within a couple of days. It takes weeks sometimes to stabilize them because what you have is that promptly there is the continuation from the hospital in the home. At the moment, it's such a cliff edge. It's like basically we're discharging them but pushing them over the edge, you know. So imagine if you vets didn't have to do that and automatically transition them to the district nurse. That will continue the same level of care with the same qualifications where you can communicate with them everything and they can feedback everything transparently. And, uh, and yeah, and, and, and I have had them go into remission. Sometimes you can't because maybe it's an acromegaly case. Um, you can't or it's pancreatic trauma and it's gone beyond, you know, those little eyes, eyelids have been traumatized to the point that they won't work anymore. But, you know, your average pussycat is just down to maybe being obese as well uh yeah and it can be reversed certainly yes I'm, I'm guessing even if you if you send them to home straight away at least the, the district nurse can start treating them rather than having the stress of being at the hospital which is not hmm. great for the absolutely for the or for the diabetes either yeah so, so yeah I, I see i see that point of course i do um, all the blood glucose curves at home as well oh i see Yes, yeah, so it's really, it, yeah, it works so well with diabetics. Um, and, and the vet sent me over to uh, to do the blood glucose curves uh, yes. for the day. And, you know, the, 
the cat is just happily because it's a home, yeah. <laughs> home playing, playing with yeah. you know some bathing in their favorite spot and i mean yeah. how more true could the the the, the, the nadir be yeah. that when yes. you're happy and relaxed compared to other practice but anyway there you go and the funniest thing is that any vet or any vet nurse or would have that done in their home. Yes. Vets yes. and nurses yeah, vets and nurses don't bring their cats in to have the blood glucose curve done at the practice. They take yes, the glucosimeter. They, they take the glucosimeter home and they do it at the weekend when they've got all day because they know that the stress levels yes. affect Yes, which is yeah. affecting the glucose levels of course. Absolutely. Yes. So there you go. Mm. Is there more things you want to talk to me about? Well, I mean, you know, it's just wonderful that you wanted to have a, a, a coffee and a yeah. chat with me. And I'm so grateful. It's just, you know, it's such a beautiful profession, veterinary nursing and, you know, the needs yes. of the pet owners whose beloved animal companions or patients are. Those needs need to be considered in every treatment plan, in every consulting room. Forever, forever, all I hear is the client is not compliant, the client is not compliant, the client is not compliant. So therefore, that animal doesn't get better. Well, why not say, this is what Toby needs. And we are in this journey together. You are his caregiver. You're the caregiver of this dog, which is my patient. We work together in concordance. Yeah. We are together in this journey. Now, my limitations are A, B, and C as the vet. What are your limitations are as the caregiver? And they will tell you. I will find challenging to do this, 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 and that. Then, readily, from our consulting rooms, it should be, well, don't you worry. We've got this help in the community. Yes. District veterinary nurses. That, that bridge between the vets and the pet owner. That's yeah. it. So, how about we engage our local district veterinary nurse team for a couple of days or for the duration of the treatment we're gonna we're gonna have to operate on the crucial ligament of toby is gonna have to go to a referral center spend a lot of money how about we get the occupational therapist veterinary nurse into your home now so we can lay out already how toby is gonna rest and recuperate when he gets home before the operation saw that very costly operation doesn't doesn't go to pot or yeah. the effort that we as the veterinary team and the pet owner and the family for the love of this dog have come together with all their efforts their energy and finances 
okay? And there goes the district veterinary nurse and is going to say, right, okay, well, the steps to the garden are too high. We're going to have to get a ramp, Yeah. okay? You have laminate wooden floors. We're going to have to get some non-sleep rugs for yeah. Toby, the German shepherd with the cruciate ligament. Yeah, which is something I'm not going to see, I'm not going to know from the consultation room unless the, the district nurse goes there and realizes that, oh, this is going to cause trouble. Uh, uh, absolutely. I have no idea. We have no idea. Unlike if this was a woman that is having a hip replaced. Yeah. The occupational therapist will be in the house getting the commode, raising the bed, the sumo frame, the crotches, everything. We'll get a team that can, you know, help her, a physio, a therapist, you know, to help her with those muscles yeah. <laughs> and building up the strength and everything. And everything happens in the home. Yeah. yeah? So there we go. But no, we go ahead. We, we are so clever in the veterinary industry. We have advanced everything that, an, that a human can have, an animal can have, but not the aftercare. And how that little old lady or that person that works shifts because she's a human nurse herself or, you know, just that person that, 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 that has mental health issues and this is just too much for him to nurse their animal. I can see your passion. I can see it. You have mentioned about um, the wage of veterinary nurses. They're poorly paid, aren't they? Veterinary nurses, yes, they're very, very yeah. poorly paid compared to or equivalent in human nursing. Uh, you know, the roles uh, that a human nurse would do, say, uh, and you have the, the, the veterinary nurse doing the equivalent um, yeah. is, you know, is worlds apart you know you you keep hearing this oh veterinary nursing has come along so much in the last 10 years or 50 years and you know well you know i i i i, I don't think financially it is uh for veterinary nurses at all you know um you know we need to be paid the same as human nurses get paid yeah, and you hear people say, oh, well, you know, uh, pet owners don't even know what we do. I think they do know. One of my friends is a cleaner, and oh. actually she cleans at a veterinary practice, and she gets more money than the nurses get paid. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, because, you know, you, you try to get to a cleaning agency and recruit uh, a cleaner to come from that agency and uh, it, it's just it's just funny isn't it i don't know yes, no, <laughs> not, 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 not very fair yes no um, i mean they do a great job you know yes, cleaning absolutely. cleaning is a very important role you know yes. uh, cleanliness is godliness you know yes. <laughs> also why why pay for a cleaner when you can pay for a nurse less money yeah. to clean yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that, that's another thing that needs to be improved in the in the veterinary uh, profession. I, I, I'm guessing, and I think it's a responsibility of all of us to to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So so next thing I wanted to ask you is um, 
about what I do this podcast about is what do you do when you're not campaigning or working as a district nurse? Uh, yeah. You sent me an email and I don't know if you have other hobbies. In my in your email you said, I don't have any hobbies. I'm too busy working, um, <laughs> which, is, which is fine. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But uh, one of the things you said about about swimming with sharks is an idea you want to to make to, to make come true. Is that right? Oh yes. I mean, it's been in my bucket list for so long. I think they're incredible animals. They're so intelligent and they don't attack. They don't attack. They don't attack to, for the I sake of it at all. No, but, but I think I, I would be very scared. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I'm just not keen. You know, maybe <laughs> if you listen to the other episodes, I'm quite, um, I'm quite, I'm quite frightened. So you're risk averse, uh, are you? You're uh, risk averse. Yes, <laughs> I, I just gonna go and walk the other way. Thank you. Um, but uh, you tell me, how can you do this? Where can um, you do it? Okay, well, um, I have very dear friends that um, have been divers and um, swum with sharks many times. And um, there is an incredible woman called Christina Zanato. I must send you the link so you can put oh, it. Of yeah, yes. she's, uh, oh, she is like the Jane Goddell of sharks, okay. you know. Uh, not of gorillas <laughs> and uh, she is amazing she um yeah so i'm completely inspired by what she does and my friends know her personally as well and uh, yeah I, I hope one day can do it with with her it'd be amazing have you dived before have you done diving before a little bit of a snorkel yes. <laughs> shallow waters Yes, in Spain same. with no yes. sharks. Yes, exactly. That's that's why I like the water in Spain because there's no sharks. I don't I know why they don't come in, but I'm glad they don't. I know, I know. The only thing I come across was medusas, jellyfish. Yes. Oh, so remember yeah. in Spain, my God, and then they tell yes. you that you have to wee on your steam, so you <laughs> So you, you don't get like yeah. So you don't get uh, you know that burning Stingy pain. <laughs> I know. Yes. My uncle did it on my cousin once. He got a sting oh. by by a jellyfish, and he went to pee on it. <laughs> okay, that's gonna make great podcasting material. But you can delete it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then... it was considered first aid, and the doctor was very pleased he did. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, wh what about in Spain? Was this? Uh, it was in Valencia. Is that where you're from? No, no, I was born in Madrid. I was born in oh, Madrid. Oh, you were born in Madrid? Yeah. So you've always been over there. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, yeah. that's all right. I'm, I'm from the south, Malaga, so... Beaches, oh, you know. beautiful. I've, um, yeah, I've spent many summers in Malaga with family. Yeah, very beautiful place. Yes. Um, have you got any other hobbies you want to talk to us about? Uh, um... Something I haven't done for a very, very, very long time, and is roller skate. Okay. Disco roller skating. I love yes. that. 
And I love bowling as well. Um, yes. You know, 10 pill bowling. I love it. And a snooker <laughs> as well. I love a snooker. Yes. Oh, yes. it's fascinating. Um, yes. Yeah, but I haven't done any of those things for a long time. So I must get on it again. When you say a long time, is it because of the pandemic or even before uh, that? It was even a little bit before that. Uh, the yes. campaign takes a lot of time and yes. uh yeah and uh yeah obviously the pandemic hasn't helped yeah <laughs> um, and thank you for taking part of the show thank you so much fran all the best and that's all for today i hope you enjoy the show and don't forget to share this recording in social media and with friends and family also if you want to know when the next episode comes out visit the podcast website more than just a and subscribe to the newsletter. Hasta la próxima.